poverty. It's crime. Unemployment. Corruption. Accountability. Energy crisis. Inflation. We are worried. That South Africa has myriad problems on all fronts is a given. But the time has come for us to look for real solutions. I'm Jeremy Maggs, and this MoneyWeb podcast will discuss those solutions on how South Africans can solve problems by having tough conversations and drawing on the insights of South Africa's top business leaders. Welcome to Fix SA. South Africa does not have a jobs problem, but rather a skills problem, and we need a big long-term plan and clear thinking on how and when it will be executed. That's the view of Vukanyan Mkati, who runs the consultancy Accenture in Africa, and he goes on to say that we're gold medal winners when it comes to planning, but often we fail when it comes to completing the final stage. Welcome to the MoneyWeb podcast, Fix SA. My name is Jeremy Max. Our guests in coming weeks are going to be asked how we can make things better in South Africa. How do we improve matters? How in the shortest space of time can we again become a competitive and successful nation? I'm looking forward to talking to Fukani. Fukani, welcome. In your opinion then, what do you think the biggest problem is facing South Africa right now? Besides the unemployment, which we know is going through the roof, Jeremy, we know for sure that we have a significant unemployment issues, but we also have the power crisis, which, you know, without solving this problem, we are certain that our economy is going to be hit negatively. And for me, these are the two big, 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 big challenges which the country has to overcome to remain a stable nation. You work very closely with organizations that are in the middle of the economy, people that are trying to provide that fix. I'm wondering to myself how they feel. Do they share any optimism as they try to find solutions, or do you think that there is a a, a growing spiral of negativity? Funny you ask this question, Jeremy, because just two days ago, me and a group of uh, like-minded people came together, and we having a bit of a banter, and part of the conversation or the conversation went this way, where we were asking this question, how should we feel as South Africans about South Africa? And to be fair, I think there's pockets. There's pockets of good noise, but there's also pockets of really bad noise. I think what's happening in our country at the moment, Jeremy, is that we we have people who who are in a panic mode, okay, who are asking the question, will this country survive? Will we have a nation that's strong enough to continue being a good place that we want to live in? Or should we go find greener pastures elsewhere? This question is prevalent. I mean, here in the company that I lead, I've seen so many of my own leaders actually jump ship and move across the oceans to other nations. So we have this problem where our people, and it started off being just, you know, the highly qualified people who wanted to exit, but now it's endemic across the board. At the same time, Jeremy, you've got people who are very positive about the country, who think we can still fix it, we have potential as a nation, and I'm one of those people who really believe that if we do the right things, we still have the opportunity to fix many of our ills. 
So we'll talk in just a moment about what those right things are. But leading on from that metaphor about uh, the pockets of positive and negative noise, Vukani, where do you think the biggest pocket is? Is there a willing majority of people who want to fix things or is the trench of negativity growing to the point where we are really in trouble? I think the majority of South Africans wants to fix the country. I mean, we have people who really love the country. I know, Jeremy, that you do. I'm one of those people who really um, love the country. I want my children to grow up here and, and experience the best nation that I have experienced. So the majority of us actually want to roll our sleeves and be a solution rather than just screaming at the top of our voice, highlighting the problems. So what's preventing us from doing that, from rolling up our sleeves? Look, Jeremy, I say for any thriving nation, three things must be right. The first thing is that you need the best man for the job. So I believe that unless we as a nation get this thinking that in order for us to run the nation and run it well, we need every person that is in a role that is important for a nation must be the best person for the job. This is what other nations do. You see the benefits, you see the results, you see the outcomes, because if you have the right person for the job, they know what to do. Even if they don't know what to do, they seek answers and they find the right answers and mm. they do what's best for the country. The second point is we have to clean our nation of corruption. This thing of plundering public resources, that the little that we have is a cancer that's destroying our nation. So being very tough in running the nation with the strict laws and law-abiding citizenship is core at fixing part of what we need to fix in South Africa. And I say that finally, we need an active citizen. One of the things that you see in South Africa is that you've got a passive citizen. Generally, people feel a sense of, what can I do? There's nothing that I can do. You know, the powers that be will do X, Y, and Z. But that's not true. If we want our country to work, active acts of our citizen will help shape the direction. I was looking, for example, at um, you know, an article that I was reading about how Umgeni a municipality is fixing itself with a new mayor, the Mayor Papas, who is actively engaging citizens to say, but we can't have rubbish running all over our country when we have people who can collect it. And we don't need to say to people, don't litter. They should know that that's not the right thing to do to begin with. Mm. So the mindset of our people and, and that of our nation should be to actively do the right thing for our country, everyone. And I think through that sort of thinking, we can significantly shift the narrative and create a much better state. 
So you've identified three fixes. One is the best person for the job. The second is cleaning corruption. And the third is an active citizenry, uh, which would also entail a change in mindset. Let's go to that one first, if we can. So how would you change the mindset, Vakani, given that so often we're unable to come together and fix problems as a nation? In many ways, that divide of cooperation is almost too wide. Yes, but it's not unconquerable, Jeremy. My view is that if you have the right man for the job, the right person who... South Africans do not want this divide. I know for a fact that South Africans do not want to be divided. They want to see the nation thrive. The only reason why we we see our people being divided is because there's poor leadership. It's because we don't have the right person for the job. We don't send the right messages to our people. And we rely on our history and our past, which was painful to continue to divide our people for expediency reasons. So I think personally that if we have the people who who have the mindset to bring our people together rather than divide them, who preach the message of hope rather than despair, people who are willing to go an extra mile in terms of helping our people see the positive that they in their individual capacity can bring to our nation, we can actually change the mindset. I mean, you know, you walk in the streets of Rwanda, in Kigali, you don't see a piece of paper on the road. I make that as a, as a, it's a very simple example of how people come together. Once per month, the president declared a day where everybody, doesn't matter who you are, you are a CEO, you are a senior government member, everybody carries a piece of plastic and they are out in the streets cleaning the streets of Rwanda. Why could we not do that in Johannesburg? Why could we not do that in Durban? That's act of citizenship coming together, creating what they want in their nation is what has created what we see in Kigali. It's one of the cleanest cities Mm. in the world. But it's not done because government is doing it. It's done because the people who live there want to live in a clean city. So let's pick up that. Let's assume that picking up the papers in Kigali is a metaphor, which I think is what you're trying to say for fixing bigger problems. Why are we unable then as a nation to bend over and pick up the piece of paper? I think the, the answer to this is not as simple, but I think there are too many narratives in the country that stop us from thinking that I, as Vukani, can contribute positively in the nation. I think I'm disempowered in a way to do anything that is meaningful in a country because government or Pretoria must provide. Someone else must do it. It's not my job. And I think that the narrative that it's someone else's responsibility is what brings us to where we are. I think we need leadership that says, actually, the responsibility is mine and yours, Jeremy. It is the citizens that make it work. In the first place, that pollution in Kigali that that was there was created by the same citizens. So it must be them who fix them as opposed to thinking that someone else must take the responsibility. So I think one of the problems is is the messaging and driving the right mindset. Number two is enforcement uh, of policy and rules. 
we have to force people to abide by the law. Now, this is not an easy thing, but if we do it right and we do it without any favor, I believe that we can remove lawlessness out of our country because some of these ills are really as a result of lawlessness where people believe that they can do whatever that they want to do. And number three, I think we must motivate people by helping them to be economically active. Because one of the reasons we find our nation in such a state of despair is because I believe that non-economic active people feel a sense of despair. They have no hope because they are not able to wake up every morning and do something meaningful for themselves or for the country. And as a result, they are okay to destroy. So I think we need to do much more to off-ramp our people from the social basket to an economic active basket. And that's not just a government thing, is it? The private sector, of which you're a part of, I imagine, needs to play a far more robust and almost assertive role in this. Absolutely. That is why, Jeremy, I am personally involved in organizations that are trying to do two things. One is to fundamentally change the unemployment crisis that we have in our country. Because the truth is, if you have young people who are sitting in the street corner, who are standing in the street corners of my township in Umlazi, I was there two weeks ago. And it's quite disheartening to see how many of our young people, good, bright minds, Mm. actually have no opportunity in our country. Not that they don't want to, but we are not creating spaces for them to be economically active. So we need to change that. And one of the things that I'm personally doing is to ask the question, how can we create digital skills in the country which will make an impact on this unemployment crisis? But it's not just that. I believe that we as citizens and as leaders of our societies need to make our mark, such as building initiatives or starting initiatives that can fundamentally change things. The second point is, in fact around um, uh, building entrepreneurs. Because in this nation, SMMEs and small businesses, what will change the narrative of economic activity? So we should do much more in building. So in my small way here, utilizing the vehicle called Accenture that I'm, I'm leading, we are helping to build small businesses. But the problem with that we have in, as a nation is that we do this in isolation, in small buckets, doing this in Accenture, someone else is doing in their corner, and etc. There is no movement, national movement, that seeks to build together. We do things in pockets, and as a result, it's just a drop in the ocean. So I'm a big advocate of creating structures that solve at a national level so that we have scale. Because with scale, we can see significant impact. And that's what I'm personally involved in. And and it's also back to the original point that you made about fixing, and that's getting the best person for the job. The argument, of course, against that is it's becoming increasingly difficult at a senior level to find the best person for the job, isn't it? I think there are many South Africans who are best people to run various functions in our government and in our private sector. The question is... Are we willing as a country 
Are we willing as a state to say Jeremy is the best person to do this piece of work? Irrespective of the color of their skin, irrespective of sexual orientation, or for that matter, his own beliefs, we should find the best person for the job because when we find the best person for the job, we most of the time can create value. So I don't believe that we have shortage of skilled people in our nation. I believe we utilize a system that excludes certain parts of our people, certain groups of our people for expediency because it's a politically correct thing to do, for example. And therefore, we don't go to find the best person for the job. I mean, take, for instance, if you look at our municipalities, our municipalities most of the time are not run by people who actually understand what it means to run a municipality. And no wonder our municipalities all over the country are dilapidating. No wonder the road infrastructure everywhere you go in our country is not in a good shape. So I'm saying we need to evaluate whether the people that we actually put at the helm of those institutions are in fact the best people for the job. Let me ask you now, Vakani, to put on your consultancy hat, if I can. Problem solving is what your business does. And the best way to solve a problem is obviously, as you've pointed out, is to identify it and then start uh, executing, acting on the strategy. It's about taking small bites out of the elephant, so to speak. So it's critical in fixing any problem that you've got to be able to chart progress. Let me put to you that in South Africa, we don't necessarily have a broad vision of where the failures are and perhaps where we are making inroads, where there have been measurable successes. It's almost as if we need a national dashboard. A colleague of mine in Accenture came to me with this idea and said, imagine, Fukani, if we have a picture in our minds that can allow us to see where the biggest problems are in the country and where we are making inroads for example, in fixing some of those challenges. And imagine if you could put this in a kind of a simplistic view that everybody can understand. You can ask citizens to participate in identifying the challenges that impact them negatively in their daily lives. We consolidate that view at a national level, and we have a national dashboard national picture of what's going on right, what's going on wrong, and what can we do to fix. And then you ask government, private sector, civil society to come together in fixing our problems. This is where we can create the most value for our nation. You know, he shared with me, this is the colleague of mine. And I really like this idea and I thought this could be amazing. Can you imagine if you could have a picture that shows What's going on in the country today? You know, where do we have real challenges and how do we actually allocate our little uh, funding that we've got to solve the problems that the nation has? What can private sector do to help in fixing some of those problems? What about a general populace? What can they do in helping us fix some of these issues? And I think, you know, it's an idea. I don't really have a clear picture of how one can execute it yet, but I'm thinking through it. 
But, you know, this is something that if we could have this clear vision mm. of what's going on in our country, maybe we can have an opportunity to tackle issues. I believe in data-driven everything, because if you have data, data is facts, they don't lie. And you can, once you have been able to generate sufficient data to actually have a clear view of what's going on, then realistically you can start tackling the issues. I suppose, I, I suppose, Vakani, that if you see uh, progress or lack of progress uh, visually manifested, it could achieve two things. One is it could give us a sense of optimism uh, when there is progress, but it also, at a glance, enables us to reset and recalibrate urgent priorities. Absolutely, and you don't need to wait the whole year to be able to do this because we have the sense of the nation, we have the finger on the pulse, so to speak. Okay, let's just say you want to know where the health crisis is in our nation today. Do we have a health crisis in any of our provinces, for instance? Today, you have no way of knowing that, except for anecdotal uh, views, which you receive from whatever. So if there was, let's say, an outbreak of a particular condition in Limpopo, and you've got an, an ability to collect that data and showcase it as a, a hotspot in using the South African map that you actually have a problem there, and this is the problem. You can imagine that South African government and South African private sector can collaborate and move very swiftly to go and provide assistance to that particular part of our nation where we've got a problem. But you can really realistically do that if you've got a sense of what's going on. I'm just using this as mm. an arbitrary example that just came to mind. But you can think of a thousand other possibilities of how this type of a thing can be used to manifest real time in some kind of a dashboard, in some kind of a screen somewhere that showcases what's going on in our country. And I think this could be something very useful. And I agree with you, Jeremy, that if we are making improvement and we tell our people, people say, oh, right. Because right now, everybody says government does nothing. Private sector does nothing. We are all in a state of despair. But if you showed it and said, actually, we're doing significant amount of work in these areas. You could also say, by the way, these areas, we, we have work to do. And here's what we're doing to try and solve those problems. You could create a very different mindset in our people. A final question then, Vakani, and it's one that I end this uh, series of podcasts with at every juncture. We're talking about South Africans right now. doesn't matter when the, whether you're in the media space or the consultancy space or the engineering space or the political space, whatever the case is. People are working very hard or at least trying to work very hard to make that fix. But it's also about uh, the future. So my question to you then is when you're talking not to your children uh, but maybe your grandchildren in 25, 30 years' time, whatever the case is, what are you going to tell them about the early 2020s and in continuing to build South Africa, what would their role be as the baton-holding generation? Interesting question. So, Jeremy, I would like to speak to them about how this generation of the 2020s managed to overcome significant social economic and political challenges that threatened um, 
the well-being of South Africa and how civil society, communities, and came together with, uh, with both business and, 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 and government in resolving the issues of the day. Because I don't believe that the challenges of South Africa can be resolved by one entity. We can't look to Pretoria to provide. Clem Santa wrote a book many years ago. Because South Africans have the mindset, Pretoria will provide. But we should look to a mindset that says a joint, joint effort across all walks of life in South Africa, that's where the solution will come from. And that's what I would like to talk to my grandchildren about. Vukanian Party from Accenture, thank you for joining us on the Fix SA podcast. Thanks for listening to this Fix SA podcast. For more episodes posted every second Friday, go to moneyweb.co.za, the MoneyWeb app, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or follow MoneyWeb News on social media for more updates. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.